Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. And I said, listen, Saturday night, Philadelphia's coming to town, and I'm going to get Dave Brown for you. And he looked at me like, <laughs> you know, this guy's out of his mind. Anyway, we play the game. Saturday night comes. You and I fight <laughs> at the forum. And then when I get traded to the Rangers, I come walking in. He goes, you are out of your fucking mind, he says. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe you did that. You said you were going to do it, and you did it. <laughs> it was, I'm telling you. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. <laughs> Shit. You know what's really nice? Good, good. Say hi to Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Good, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. Stapes is is pissed. He wants to know why you didn't fucking draft him in Philadelphia. He's a big, tough player when he (laughs) (laughs) played. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I was, uh, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. That was good, Nux. Did you play Tim? Yeah, I played Winnipeg, and um, I was in Atlanta for a couple years. When uh, then we got sold to Winnipeg, so all right, okay. Then was over a lot over in Russia, Europe, most of my career too. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, so so, well, so all the fighting stuff—that's a whole (laughs) different language to me. So I'll I'll try to. Well, we'll teach you some things here. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. They're getting rid of all that now, anyway. Oh god, yeah. You can learn a little bit today certainly from two guys that um didn't shy away from it but brownie awesome to have you pal uh, i appreciate it um it's funny when i think back um the the fights we had the number of fights we had one two um you know looking looking back at those days and what we both went through as players and then uh here we are today and we never met each other except on the ice and then I got invited to fight night in Philadelphia <laughs> and they have it, Tim, every year. Uh, they, they bring down some players uh, from different teams in the NHL that used to go to war with the flyers. And then they'll show, uh, uh, you know, up on the stage, they got a big screen. They'll show the fights, me and Dave fighting. And then they'll have us come up and talk about it. And the people interact with us. And it was awesome. But I never got to meet Dave until that time. And when we met, I'm, I'm looking at him and his best friend, Daryl Stanley, and I'm going, Jesus, these two. And I, I walk up. I couldn't believe how big both of were. And I'm like, especially, like, I knew you were tall and, yeah. and big and you were tough. But Stan, honestly, when I was on the ice with him, I didn't think he, is, he was as big as he is. When I met him in person, I'm like, holy shit, what was I thinking? Yeah, but he, he was a big guy, like foreign very strong too, you know. But yeah. um, yeah, he was a big guy. I mean, you always gave up a little bit, some size there, because you know weren't quite as tall as us. I don't yeah. know, like I never really played that heavy though. Like I probably played like two ten, two fifteen at the most. But um, you know, so you probably weren't even that kind of weight. No, I mean, Jesus, Dave, I was five eleven and a half. 200 pounds oh, I, know. I, I weighed in at and mm-hmm. and i'm gonna bring this to you and um i, I want you to see if you remember this <laughs> evening 
Do you remember if, this if, evening? If you didn't know hockey, you would think that was like in an underground like prison league or something. <laughs> Man, where where is that? That's where, they have some kind of special edition of that or something. Well, well, here here's the deal, and I can probably get you one if you want one. There, on Instagram, there's a guy. His handle is Old Time Table Hockey, and what he does yeah. is he creates scenes from the NHL back in the day, and he makes those scenes. He makes little things, and I saw it on Instagram. So I reached out to him. I said, geez, can I get one of them? And he sent it to me. He was nice enough, but I'll, I'll set you up with it. Uh, yeah, if you want cool. a lot cool. of good memories. So well, it's yeah. good. It's good to see you have a, um, a shirt on today. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Hey, no and you know, that wasn't planned. I mean, I used oh. to go off after the warm up there, I would go off, take my, take my sweater off and cool down and just hang out and that. But and then when they said we're fighting, so we just I didn't bother putting it back on. Well, and uh, uh, of course, I mean it was a great advantage because you can't hold on to the guy. But I, I did have that rib belt because uh, I, I cracked a few ribs earlier in the year, and so I was still wearing that. But yeah, it's I mean it, it was a crazy story. I know we didn't start it, but no, we're a big well, part of it. <laughs> for sure. And, and we're gonna get more into that. But but first, I certainly wanna I want to talk to you about. Um, yeah, you grew up in Saskatchewan playing hockey. Um, you know, what led you to hockey? I mean, you grew up on a farm. Your dad worked in the farming industry somewhere. And it well, seems like all Saskatchewan guys are uh, tough for some reason. Yeah, and well, you're certainly one of them. I don't know what um, – I, I think it just seemed like uh, – well, my dad, first of all, was raised on the farm, but uh, he moved in the city now. We were raised in the city. But uh, we spent a lot of time out at the farm with my uncles and aunts and that. Um, I mean, most of all, we played hockey when we were kids just to have fun. I mean, we didn't, we weren't fighting stuff like when we were in, you know, real young. I think the first time we remember uh, getting in a fight was at, like midget age. It's probably 14, 15 years old I got in a fight. I think uh, we didn't like the refereeing and that, and they were running away with the game. And I know some kid said something to me. And I fought, and I can remember my mom was mad because we had to take a bus down there to this place. But she, she was so mad, she went back on the bus and waited till we all get ready to leave. He didn't like that. But, you know, I mean, that was the first time I can remember ever fighting. I would probably have been 14, 15 years old. Um, and then as you get older, it always seemed like, like that, that's just the way we played. Like, uh, it, it, there was always that toughness factor, even when you're at, uh, like, younger ages. And uh, going up into junior B, I can remember I got kicked off the midget team. I guess it's been 15, 16 years old. And so I didn't know where I was going to play. So I was looking at what they call junior B. And junior B at that time was uh, you were allowed to play with five 20-year-olds and everybody else had to be younger than that. And so I went to that team and I was 16 years old. Like I gave up. Like four years was a lot at that age. Yeah, I and guess. so that's where I learned a lot of lessons about how to take care of yourself. You had to take care of yourself, or you just could, simply couldn't play. But as far as the fighting aspect, I mean, that was just the way we grew up watching hockey. I can remember going watching the uh, senior hockey, which would have been, um, I, I guess, well, it'd been men that were playing down at the arena, and I mean, there were bare knuckle on it. I mean, they were fighting hard. And these are guys that would go to work during the day and then they were just playing hockey at night. I so, mean, yeah. so you'd see that, you'd see that. Yeah. And then you'd and see so it, it was, certainly 
the NHL back then, there was a lot of fighting, uh, yeah. 70s, 80s. We know yeah. that. We played in the 80s. But you go to junior, and again, growing up in hockey, were you always this size? Or, you know, you're always the biggest kid out there? Not really the biggest kid all the time. You know, I was long and long and slender. You know, I wasn't real heavy. Thoroughbred? Oh, it's that a little bit of a, a reach advantage anyway. Yeah, you did. Well, so you, you started in Spokane with the Flyers and then Saskatoon. Now, um, how was the junior experience for you? Is that where the fighting really starts to take hold? Yeah, well, the year before I played the full year in, in Saskatoon, I went to a junior camp uh, with Billings Bighorns. And um, I was there for about a month. And then they wanted to send me back down to Yorkton, which was their minor league team. I said I wanted another try. So they went. And that's when they sent me to Spokane. And I went and played another month there. But probably one of the things that really stuck out to me the most uh, was that first junior camp I went to with, with Billings. It was in uh, High River, Alberta. My mom dropped me off. After driving what a like name, High River. <laughs> High River, Alberta. High River, and we had training camp at the rink, and they had uh, the bunks up in the one end of the rink, up in the top, and that's where we bunk, and then we had training camp and that. But the eye-opening thing there was, like, the first games you would play, like, I don't know, it was, like, early in the game, I was skating off the ice after a shift and a guy sucker punched me, like hit me right here. And I didn't see him. And so like he knocked, he knocked me down my knees, but I grabbed him as I was going down and I was punching him after and whatever the fight was over in that. And that was really like an introduction, the first training camp that I had. Wake up. And yeah. yeah. You realize like you got, you know, I mean, guys would play dirty. I mean, they'd sucker you. You had to really yeah. pay attention to where you were. And um, that was when that was a real strong lesson I learned that time. I eventually caught up with that guy the next year, <laughs> which is good. Uh, yeah. take his in the parking lot with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up uh, ever fighting anybody in juniors that you you ended up fighting again in the NHL? Um, uh, I remember fighting Brian Curran. Okay. Happy feet. Yeah. Yeah. Happy feet. He was with uh, Portland. Um, Who is it? Uh, Fought Gord Kluzak. Yeah. And um, that's just a couple guys off the top. Well, how about about, the the fighting thing? But how how about when you were young? Did you watch the NHL? Which team are you a fan of? Uh, I used to like the Bruins, used to like the Flyers. Okay, so you're watching the Flyers and the Bruins growing up. When you get to the NHL, was there guys that you kind of looked up to there that you ended up fighting or like, here we go? Um, Not so much that. I mean, um, I, yeah, I I can't recall off the top of my head. I mean, anybody that, like before that. Like an O'Reilly or a. You know, guys, no, I like I watched up watching O'Reilly, right? And oh, yeah. next thing I'm playing the NHL, I'm fighting him and Jonathan. And well, I'm I like, know. you would fight him Well, you know, it's a good there. question, actually, is like, because you always get asked, like, the transition or, like, the jump from juniors. Like, Chris, you came out of college, so there was really no fighting, right? So None. When you fought Dave and juniors, was there a big jump to fighting someone, like, the pro? They're like men now. Was that, did it feel that way to you? Well, 
Yeah, there's a big difference between yeah. fighting in juniors and then fighting. <laughs> I was lucky enough to play. I was lucky enough to play like a year and a half down in the minor leagues in in uh, in Maine, and that really gets you ready for the NHL. I mean, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been all fighting the NHL like that. I mean, that was a process of learning, and I really needed that year and a half down there to be better at what I did. Um, I could never jump to the NHL. Uh, I wouldn't right from junior. That. And right. I mean, I didn't even. Uh, I didn't know at that time if I was going to play in the NHL. I mean, it's just like yeah. a progression. Even when I played juniors, like we played hockey because we had fun. Like we enjoyed it. And that's why we played. I never thought when I played junior hockey that I was ever going to go to the NHL. Mm-hmm. I think probably when I knew I had a chance is after I finished my first full year in Portland, Maine. That I, I really thought I had a chance to, to play in the NHL after that. But before that, just played because we had fun and we enjoyed so it. So you play because you have fun. You want to, you start, you get to me and you think, oh, now I have a chance. And listen, fighting's the avenue, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was for me. I, yeah. I was thinking, I want to come in. I grew up as a kid. I wanted to be Bobby Orr. That yeah. didn't happen. But <laughs> I also like the fact that the Bruins played a tough type of game. I grew up watching that. And I emulated that somewhat. But, you know, did it come natural to you, the fighting part, or did you have to dig inside and say, listen, to do this, one, I know now the NHL is in sight. I'm in Maine. I'm, I'm doing this job. It's difficult. But, boy, I have an opportunity. I could get to the NHL. Did it, did it, was it natural to you, the, the fighting part, or did I, you, well, you, know, I you always have to fought, dig in? I always fought pressure back to even when I played Junior B. Like, you always felt like you were getting tested. And yeah. guys were challenging you, and so I, I, you know, we we've I've we fought a lot in junior B, we fought in in juniors, and then we fought in the, in the American League. So no, I always felt like I was always getting tested, as if they were tough games. Like and and you know, you sometimes we were fighting our ways out of some old rinks in Marceline, Saskatchewan. <laughs> you know, when the fans are grabbing you over the boards and stuff like that. I can remember brawling in Marceline, Saskatchewan. There's a big hole in the in the roof, and <laughs> it was so cold the water would freeze on the bench. And we had 13 guys, and we brawled them, and whatever we cleaned it up afterwards. And they didn't want to come up and play the second period, so we went home. <laughs> well, you probably had half the team scared shit, right? They're like, we ain't going out there. Bounties out there. But, um, I was actually a smaller guy at that time because we had, like you said, we had the 20-year-olds, and I was like 16 years old at the time. But um, I always felt like uh, it was because you, you were getting tested, and you had to fight because if you didn't stand up, you know what it's like. I mean, you yeah. had to stand up for yourself, otherwise they run all over you. Yeah, and so, you got it. That's what the no, test I, is. That like, makes sense. Cause I was about to ask, like, did you ever, did you ever get sick? Like, was it, what did you ever not want to do it? But it's like, you had no choice. If like, if you're getting, you know, no. if you're getting tested, you're going to stand up for yourself. So I, I mean, that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you're, I always felt like we were tested all this. It seemed like, like we didn't start it. It was like, <laughs> well, although maybe sometimes we did. But, sometimes. Come on. You know, and I always thought, you know, <laughs> yeah, you guys I are mean, the innocent ones. I try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won't say. Um, you know what? The reason why you did it is because it's going to help you win the game. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. it wasn't going to help you win the game, why would you do it? I mean, that's yeah. what we were doing it for. 
Well, that year in Maine, obviously, and I thought I was uh, a little over the top. My first year, I played 49 games in Halifax. I had 304 minutes in penalties. You played 71 games in Maine that you had 418 minutes of penalties. Fighting every night, probably. Crazy stuff. Um, and, and then that year, you get called up two games with the Flyers. Now, you had five minutes in PIMS and one of those, you must have had one fight. Then you go back to Springfield and then 83, 84, you get called up the end of the season uh, to the big team. When you get to the Flyers, what's that like? Um, obviously that town, Philadelphia, like Boston, they demand a certain type of player. They love the tough guys, the broad street bullies, the big, bad Bruins. You come to town, um, and, and you're not the only tough guy, but you come there. How were you embraced right away? And, and how often did you play at the beginning? Well, you know, I was like selectively played. I only played like 19 games, I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, like we weren't the ones that were the, the Broad Street Bullies would be before us. And we were yeah. just guys that came afterwards to try and kept that level of play. I mean, they, they I love playing in front of the Philly fans. You as long as you work your ass off, you play as hard as you can every night. It doesn't matter matter what happened. They'll support you. It's when you don't compete and you don't play hard that they're going to be all over you. I mean, the the Flyers fans still want to see a physical type of game, and because uh, that's that's what our philosophy is. The Flyers want to be hard to play against. You know, like you gotta be a gotta be at least have some pushback and play hard. You might lose some nights, but you got to be respectable and you got to work hard. And they're still like that. So, I mean, as far as going there, I just, you know, I fit in well because I thought, I always thought I worked hard and I played tough. So they, they like that type, type of yeah. hockey. And, and you say the Broad Street Bullies, all right, sure, it was in the 70s. I get that. Yeah. But I can tell you it went into the fucking 80s too because <laughs> yeah, here's yeah. the deal. Yeah, they didn't just I remember disappear. Fucking, <laughs> I remember going in that building, and this is when I was with the range and with the, the Habs. Well, I remember with the Rangers, Michelle Bergeron started me in Philly. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You just, you want to start shit. He never told me I had to fight or anything. But who's on the ice? Cockner, Chikrin, Dave Brown, Baruby, and Knockbauer. Take your fucking pick, Knuckles. <laughs> and I'm like, and don't, and I'll tell you right now, did, did I have tight ass? Of course I did. But Ooh. I said, one thing I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait for one of them to come after me. I'm going to fucking throw that puck in. I'm going after someone. I ended up fighting Cockner off the top and then Barubes later. And and I didn't have to fight you that night, thank God. But um, When is the first that's, time you guys fought? That's intimidating. That's when is intimidating. the first time you guys fought? Uh, I'm... When was I, don't I, <laughs> I don't even know what the first time, yeah. Maybe 86, I don't know. Yeah, something 80. like that, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. No, but, you, you know, like I mean, we, yeah, they all we always loaded up with a lot of toughness. I mean, yeah. it had to be hard for opponents in that. It's terrible. But basically, you're still when you get in the fight, you're still the one-on-one -on -one guy and want to do your job. Like nobody ever wanted to be embarrassed. They wanted to be able to do their job, and 
you know, the biggest thing for me was like, uh, you know, making sure you do the job. So when you went back in the dressing room with the rest of your teammates, they knew that you did the job. Uh, that, that was the whole point for me. But as far as like you're talking about all those those tough guys that we had out on the ice, I mean, sure. it's basically sending a message yeah. saying, "Hey, we're here to play tonight, and you know what are you gonna do?" Yeah, and take your protein pills. Was there a team? The only thing you could do, right? <laughs> I mean, but you can't fight everybody. You fight one guy, you <laughs> yeah. did your job, and you said, "Well, you know what? You, you guys are gonna put those guys out here. Well, we're gonna we're gonna fight here too." So. Take your protein pills and put your helmets on, right? I'm telling you, like, I know the feeling. And I know the feeling of sitting in the room, and I'm sure you do too. And you might have played with some players, yeah, that had a little more security because you had a lot of tough guys around. But I remember going into Philly, going into Boston, and looking around my room and seeing the guys who were fucking scared shit. I mean, you, you know, guys are nervous. They know they're going to get whacked. They're going to mm-hmm. get chopped. And they're just hoping a guy like me or you is going to be there yeah. to protect them. Now, did you, like, I, you know, I've heard some tough guys talk about their careers. And I've heard tough guys say I couldn't sleep the night before a game. I couldn't sleep the afternoon. Um, um, I've also heard guys say, oh, I wasn't scared. You know, <laughs> no. I wasn't scared. Fuck. I, I, okay, I had tight ass. I'm sure... You've had tight ass. All right. Oh, yeah. It's not sure. not the easiest situation to go in. But once you're there and you you go, you know what you have to do. Yeah. But the lead up to it, how was that for you? Like, could you sleep the night before a game? The afternoon? Um, did you ever like say, What the fuck am I doing? Or you just Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I think that nurse or anxiety, I don't think there's anybody that can say they played the game that didn't have that. And yeah. it didn't go away. It, it was throughout your career. I, it was for me anyway. But I wasn't. I was so so much that I couldn't sleep. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, it, it's all in the preparation, and I think it's like your adrenaline gets you ready for the game. It's it's basically telling you like you got to be ready here, or you could get hurt. Yeah. And and that's that is the preparation, and it's it's still intriguing now. Like I mean, I I think it was the same for everybody. Like. You just had to get yourself ready because, you, I mean, the main thing, first of all, you didn't want to get hurt. And the other thing is you wanted to do well for your team and for your teammates. Yeah. And that would be the biggest letdown for me as if I thought I didn't do my best for the, for the teammates. But as far as having anxiety and, and getting ready, I think that was all in your mind trying to get you prepared for that moment when you're going to fight. And let's say you're going to fight for maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half takes a long time to get ready for that but after that it was it seemed like it was a lot easier to play the game after you got that done but yeah um i can and i think a lot of other tough guys like after our careers are over like like did you get this did you have anxiety that yeah damn rights we did i mean nobody wanted to be embarrassed and i think that preparation that was the preparation for your getting you ready for the game now I'm going to um, – listen, this is difficult. Like When you look – you know, you didn't play a regular shift. No. And 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 I, I don't bring this up to disparage you in any way. You made oh, it no. to the NHL. Um, I, I look at that one season in 87-88. You had 12 goals and five assists. Like how fun was that for you, someone who 
yeah, you didn't get that regular shift all the time. And then getting the opportunity to chip in that way. Was that like, when I looked at the numbers on that, was that like a real fun time? Even 85, 86, you had 10 goals. But still, that must have been a good feeling. People always ask me, must be awesome to win a fight. Which is better, winning a fight or scoring a goal? I'm like, fucking scoring a goal. Yeah. I was just going to ask that. But how were those two seasons for you where you did chip in with some offense? Yeah, that was great. I can remember one game I scored two goals against Buffalo, and I don't think I ever did it again. But that's one regret that I have is that I wish I could have had the – I don't know if I was not tough enough mentally to really separate um, fighting and playing the game. I wish I would have played the game more instead of – like I I was always worried that I wasn't going to do my job physically. Yeah. And fighting in that. And so I was kind of saved myself for that part of it where I wish I would have uh, tried to play the game more and, and maybe concentrated on that a little bit more. That is one great regret that I have. Cause I, I, I think it could, if I had been able to do that, I might've been a little bit better player. I was never going to be any more than a fourth line player though. Well, here's the, here's what I'm going to tell you. And that's a good point you bring up and mm-hmm. whether you worked on it or not, but, here's what happened to me and I had a coach and I I thank God I had the coaching I did and Claude Rell and, and Jacques Lemaire and 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 I say that because here you are talking about yeah you wish you could have played more so it depends on the coach too what they want from you they knew I could fight they knew I would fight but you know they wanted to, to turn me into a player they wanted to help me become a player so I yeah. could they could put me on, and they told me that. They said, listen, we don't want you just fighting all the time. If you're going to do that job, great. But we want to help you become a player. And then they worked on shit with me after practice every day to help me improve and get to the point. Now, mind you, I ended up playing with two Hall of Famers in Carbono and Ganey on a checking line, yeah. which would, for me to be typecast and put in a role couldn't be more perfect. Right. So those guys – had a lot to do with my success. But it, honestly, the coaching staff, the organization wanted me to be more than a fighter. So I got really, talk about lucky going to the Canadians. Because honestly, I, I feel if I did go to the Bruins or I went to the Flyers, yeah. it could have been that way. Right. Okay, we got a lot of guys that can fight. Oh, you're fine. You just fight. We're fine with that. Do you think, I, I don't know, some of your coaches kind of short change you that way and didn't give you that direction, maybe that could have helped you? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, in some cases, like, um, I had a couple quotes, I didn't name them, but where they wouldn't... Not they Mike Keenan. I was going to say Keenan, yeah. Tell us a <laughs> no, Keenan story. Keenan. you got to have him. <laughs> Mike, Mike Keenan was, would play me. Yeah, yeah. he would play yeah. me. Yeah, right. he wasn't that. But I had a couple coaches that, you know, like, most embarrassing was when they didn't even give you a shift for the whole game. Oh, That happened that a couple times, and... I was, yeah, you know, I, I think, I, I think Mike, like Mike Keenan would play me. Uh, he wasn't, you know, um, he would be a little more encouraging than that as far as playing the game. But I had, I had a couple coaches that, um, yeah, they would just minimize you as a fourth line player and there you're just uh, going to fight and that's all that you're going to do. You know, I was always reliable in my own end. I could get the puck out. I always gave good support that way. I knew if I kept the puck out of my own end that I I could get on the ice and again. Not gonna be a liability. Yeah, 
And so, but I was always a fourth line player, but I do, I do wish I, I would have tried to play the game more. I, I think I could have been better. I always, like I said, I was going to be a fourth line player, but like, um, I would like to play the game more. I mean, let's face it. When we were always played the game right from when we were kids to just have fun and play the game, it wasn't the fighting part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we played yeah. fighting was a big part of it. And I was, I was always worried that I wasn't going to do that part of the job uh, well enough. And it probably took away from, you know, my ability to play the game. So I like the, that you brought said, you know, Keenan was one of those guys. Tim played for Keenan in <laughs> Russia. Yeah. <laughs> huh, Tim? Yeah. He wasn't one of those guys. I'll tell you that. No, he, he was, he was, I, I don't know. I'm sure he was, he was the same with you, but he was just, yeah. Iron Mike, you know? Yeah. And, he's tough. And, he, he likes was to tough, play mind yeah. games, right? Like he's, oh, you he's... just you never know. You never know what he's going to say or do. And but you know, I played hard for him at the end of the day. So yeah, he always yeah. keep he like, keep you on edge. Or yeah, I mean, I got a therapist today because of him. No, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. No, he. I'm glad I played for him. But I was just, yeah, I was going to ask that. What you know? How was it playing for him? But clearly, you answered that question. I think it's funny too when I ask. Or the question of like, do you like to score a goal or have you know fight or goal? And it's like every everyone set a goal, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Like I didn't grow up being, you know, I'm always, hey, I'm Gretzky. I didn't grow up being like, hey, I want to, I'm George Larocque. Like you guys, you know what I mean? Like it makes sense. So, um, yeah, no, it's been awesome hearing this. And uh, do you have any good Keenan stories? Uh, Keenan stories. <laughs> Let me think for a few minutes here. Some of these. Uh, Mike Keenan's story. Well, I'm not going to say who did it, but um, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell that story or not. I know one night. We'll he leave came that home. up to you. Yeah, nothing's no live. pressure. <laughs> he came home from a road trip and tired. Yeah, I think he had a couple of tires that were flat on his car. I'm not going to say who did it, but I think it was one of the wives. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. Yes. How is that? Right? And, oh. and listen, we had Mike on, Tim and I, and I, you know, we'd, I've met him a few times personally, and I liked him. Um, we we had good chats. I never played for him. I heard guys, oh, my God, guys who played for him, I won't mention names like you, but guys said, Jesus, it's unbelievable mm -hmm. what we went through with him. But anyway, I, I liked him when I met him. We had him on him. I said, all right, let's cut to the chase, Mike. Every guy I talked to that played for you said, you're nothing but the biggest prick, you know, to them. He said, yeah, Knuckles, I am, but I'm a nice prick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you got me there. If you love your pet like I love my St. Bernard Adele, you'll want to feed them a balanced, biologically appropriate raw diet. The reason I've chosen Formula Raw is because all blends of their food are locally sourced and they consist of exclusively human-grade meat and organs, as well as fruits and vegetables. And all products used are hormone and antibiotic-free. So like I said, if you love your pet like I love Adele, you'll choose Formula Raw. Make sure you go to FormulaRaw.com and use the promo code RAWNUX at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's RAWNUX, R-A-W-K-N-U-X. Like I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with Mike. Even when I played, he didn't really bother me much because I did my job. Yeah. But um, he, he, you know, we we had some good teams though. We went the finals two or mm -hmm. three years, 
And so I, I don't know how you could complain about that. I wish he would have let up a little bit in 87. I think we would have. Um, well, I mean, we were on the door to, to having an upset and beating Edmonton in 87, and we didn't. We lost in seven games. But we had some good teams, so that made – you know, Mike Keenan a lot easier to take. I, I here's the thing is I had him. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I grew up like watching him, um, just because I'm from Chicago. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. You explained it good there. It's like he's success. I mean, he's a winning coach, right? Yeah. Like, and I and I came to his team. I got traded uh, in Russia to his team that he was coaching, and they won it the year before. Oh, yeah. So it was like you know, I, and then but he just does things once. You know, it's just like there is he crosses the line a little bit on things where it's just like, why, why, you know, but he was good at it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, a lot of times yeah. he would pick on other team, other yep. players on your team just to get everybody else going too. Yep. Um, he was really hard on Doug Crossman. I wish he would have just let him up a little bit, but um, you know, he had his own methods for um, how he needed to coach. He, um, but, you know, looking back on it, like, we were successful and we won. I mean, would you rather lost exactly. and, and not had them? Like, I would have rather gone through it, go through the experience and win. We were really good. Uh, uh, we had good teams. And we. And I don't we know if chilling. you still talk to him, but, like, he's a he's a good guy. Like, away yeah. from, like you know what I mean? I might, I, he let me go home, and I know a Russian coach wouldn't have done that. But I, when my son was born um, for, like, you know, I went home for, like, six days before the playoffs. But he was really – about family and stuff. And then that's what was more confusing. So I was like, ah, I kind of like this guy. And then I get to the yeah. rink and I'd be like, I hate this guy. But yeah. you know, <laughs> like he, uh, it was good. I'm glad I played for him. I think, um, like you said, he's, you can't really, uh, fault a guy that wins. He knows how, what it takes. That was his method. I don't, it wouldn't yeah. work today. It wouldn't work today, but it was his method. That's yeah. And I, I still see him. Well, you know, when I see him, I see him occasionally, he'll come in for some of the alumni stuff. And, um, so I don't know last time it was probably within a year that I've seen him, Yeah, but he, um, yeah, I mean, he's a good guy to talk to now. Yeah, he's a fun exactly. Guy. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, uh, it's always good to see him in that. Uh, like I said, I, I can look past a lot of the other stuff. I think as far as like I, I, people from other teams, that's probably what he get asked about the most is that, that brawl we had with them. And. That was crazy. That was crazy. It was well, happened today. What it was today, bad was like, for is you guys would be going the, to jail or something. You know? The next, like, the next summer, they um, had a meeting about it, and that's when they brought in the rule where hmm. if you if you brawled or you came off the bench, you got a ten game suspension, and the coach got suspended for ten games. So I point to that that fact that that that's where the fighting started to decline because of those rules. And, you know, now we are where we are now, where there yeah. isn't a lot of it anymore. No. It's, uh, but, and, you know, I wasn't a fighter, but I did, I could tell you, uh, you know, my career, which a lot of was in Europe and Russia, but I, I was always in a situation where I could play in my game because of a fighter, right? Like, we, I, for some yeah. reason, I was always on the team that had, you know, pretty good heavies, and, and I respect the role. I think it's needed. Um so I don't know. I mean, I know the game is so different now. It's so much faster and stuff. But you like today's game? I like today's game. I, I think, um, though, I, I think, well, I don't like, I wish you'd get rid of the overtime. I'm not a big fan of that because, for me, that takes away from the team game. I could see, I think they should play another five minutes. 
and but have everybody play like you really for me you eliminate the team game when you can't play your fourth line players third and fourth line players aren't playing in overtime i understand why they do it because they want the entertainment factor and they want the mm-hmm. offense and that so they want to display the skill but for me it takes away from the from the team game well some um, of those you know how it is and like what well, those one or two points matter all of a sudden oh, it's because yeah. i lost we lost the shootout and you know and it's like that's why we're not in the playoffs yeah are you in Montreal? Uh, no, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm just, out, I'm in Indiana, actually. Okay, uh, so you're just, outside Chicago then. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I'm originally from Chicago, but my wife and yeah. kids, we, when I was in Russia, I bought a place more like kind of a summer place. Um, oh yeah, is that where you are now? It, yeah, and it's just ended up, we ended up staying here. It's just, you know, a small town out on Lake, like by Lake Michigan, not far oh, yeah, from good Chicago. You. Are you, nice. where are you? Are you in Philadelphia? I'm in Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. I moved down here about eight years ago. I used to live in, I lived in South Jersey for like 35, 40 years. And then about eight years ago, I moved down to Richmond and I got remarried three years ago. So that's why I came down here. Do you ever go uh, back to Saskatchewan? Oh yeah. Yeah. I get back every year. Go back to see, I have family back there. My uh, sister and I have some cousins and nieces and nephews, but, uh, I go up back home uh, with my, I got buddies there. We still go back up to the lake and have oh, one weekend awesome. at the lake there for about four days. So it's good to see everybody. Yeah, every every player I played that's from Saskatchewan, just all this, you know, always just the best teammates. And then it's tough, like, you know, not necessarily like you're kind of tough, like we're beating up everybody, but it's more just like you're tough. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. it's just like the way you guys I, you know, like you said farmers or whatever however you want to say it but i mean yeah i don't know it always seemed like it always seemed like you're getting tested when you're playing even as a kid like <laughs> yeah. i see even walking to school like somebody's always testing you out you know <laughs> so, wow. i don't know what it is i just thought that was normal that everybody else went through it <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it's okay. Oh, we're we done. Ice... Where were we? I finished. Good. We're good. <laughs> we got an ice storm here in fucking Montreal. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, come down anyway. here and visit, man. Weather's great down here. No shit. Where are you at? I'm in Richmond. Okay. It's All like right, I won't Richmond. tell you how warm it is here today. Yeah. God. Uh, anyway. So we were talking. Where the hell did Bo we Keenan? Right, the... Keenan and... and we were going right into the brawl. That's where we were yeah. just getting into that. Well, it, it, the Keenan thing and, and, and the brawl, when I think back, uh, um, but, but, but first I wanted to touch on the Sandstrom thing. That's where I was. All right, you cross-check Sandstrom. He was a prick on the ice, but, and I play with Thomas. And I really, I, I really like Thomas Sandstrom. Yeah, now, I like Thomas too. And it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and when you cross-check them there, you get a 15-game suspension. And we're playing in Montreal on a Thursday night against the Rangers. And he would always kind of come up the face off and look at me, give me this goofy look, right? And I'm there, what are you looking at, Bird Brain? And he, he, he looked at me like that. I said, listen, Saturday night, Philadelphia's coming to town, and I'm going to get Dave Brown for you. And he looked at me like, <laughs> you know, this guy's out of his mind. Anyway, we play the game. Saturday night comes. You and I fight at the farm. And then when I get traded... To the Rangers, I come walking in. He goes, "You are out of your fucking mind." He says, <laughs> "I can't believe I can't believe you did that. You said you were going to do it, and you did it." <laughs> it was. I'm telling. You, I, I anyway. 
that was one of those fights I was I was looking forward to. And then certainly when I became a ranger, you know, I, how couldn't I not go after you? Yeah. I remember um, you, um, Thomas, they put me on the ice with Thomas at Madison Square Garden. And then the puck dropped and there you were. And I said, I got to attack him. And I went around. Anyway, <laughs> some good fights. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, you know, that I used to, Christ, I had to get in tight on you. I'm like, if I let him string me out, I am in trouble. And then I would try and throw my right and you throw your left. And then I'd sneak a left in him and there. I had to pick my way through the fight. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd kill me. If I didn't fight smart, I was done. But well, you, that yeah. being that yeah. being said, let's get to the brawl to end all brawls. And I say that, you know, I and I'm being honest here, and I will be honest. I didn't really know about that goal thing they were doing before the game, Lemieux and Corson. Right. Until the last game in Philadelphia before we came to Montreal, game five. Right. I heard about it on the way back that they flyers were pissed because they were doing this thing before the game. So boom, we have warm up in Montreal. I go in the room and I don't even I don't even I'm not even thinking of that. Are they out there putting the puck in the net? Yeah. You know, I undid my skates like I always do and just sat there and I'm getting ready. And next thing I know, the ushers are come running in going, Oh my God, there's something they're attacking them. And I, <laughs> anyway, I did my skates real fast and I go out and who's there. Shell Samuelson. I, I can't fight Shell Samuelson. Right. I didn't want to fight him because I knew if I ended up with him or, or someone else, then someone else is going to end up with you. And I had to wait for you. And as I recall, and I want to hear it from your, your standpoint, but I remember everybody comes out, and there you are lurking. You got no jersey. And I'm going, oh, shit. No jersey. What do I do here? And Chelios, who I found out afterward, played with you somewhere. Yeah, it was uh, actually. Uh, and he knew he, you. Yeah, yeah. It was, and uh, Chelly gets in there and tries to keep Brownie away from me, which Chelly always tried to break up my fights. He always tried to keep me from getting. <laughs> anyway, he was awesome. But he's trying. And then finally. I said, you know, this can't go on. I just went after you and threw a punch, and off we went. And um, I remember at one point um, we had kind of – because we were tired a little bit from fighting, and we were right around the blue line, and you you leaned over. And I, it's funny, I look on the replay of it, and I think you said to me, have you had enough? <laughs> and I said, no, and I threw another punch, and <laughs> off we went. And I I want to hear that I'll, from you. Real standpoint. quick, up to this point, did right. you guys fight a couple times already? Yeah, we had okay. fought okay. already. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear it from it, your standpoint. Like, from our side of it there, like, really, it was uh, – Eddie Hawk, they didn't start it, but, like, they, they were talking about – like, it didn't really matter to me about them putting the puck in the net, but – our guys are chatted about it a little bit, and Eddie Hospitaler said we're not going to let him put the puck in the net tonight, and that because I don't he wasn't he wasn't playing in the game right so well that's another thing Keenan dressed how many guys he dressed Walmart. extra guys yeah right oh, we didn't and so um, when till I knew what was happening really um, we were sitting in the dressing room just took our stuff off and waiting for the, you know, we're the warm up, do that. And anyway, so uh, the way I understand the story is that um, they, uh, Lemieux and Corson had, were waiting it out. And so Eddie Hospidor and, and Chico Resch were waiting it out. 
And so they, they ducked down cool. behind the bench. They ducked but, down. Uh, yeah. They, they, yeah. So they went off the ice. So uh, Eddie Hospitar and and Chico went off the ice. And then um, I, I don't know for sure, but I thought that maybe they turned the net around. They did. And so Corson and, and Lemieux came back out and they got the puck and turned the net around. This is what I, I, I believe happened. And then yeah. believe that's when Eddie came back on the ice with Chico and he went after Lemieux. And that's yeah. how the fight started is yeah. the way I saw it. But I didn't know what was happening at that time. We were underneath, you know, like sitting. I in the knew them. And... And then our trainers come in and said, hey, they're fighting out there. And uh, so, well. And then here come the troops. And and Tim, that Shell Samuelson is bigger than Brownie. He's like 6'8". Yeah. And, you know, he was kind of leaning up against me like, stay out of this. I'm going, I'm going to sucker you if you (laughs) start grabbing me or anything just to get away from you. And I'm a little pushing and milling around. Some more guys come on the ice, some more. And then I look, and then here he comes. <laughs> okay? Here he comes with no jersey, and I'm going, oh, oh yeah. shit. Like, what the fuck? And I'm thinking afterwards, I'm going, geez. So, somebody asked me, he said, geez, uh, Dave Brown, no jersey. I said, yeah, I wish I thought of that. And then Brownie yeah. told me, I didn't think of it. I always took my jersey off. Yeah. Between oh. periods. I didn't purposely take it off. I just took it <laughs> off after the warm-up, and they said, there, they're fighting. <laughs> so we went blind out there, and, and that's what was going to happen. As far as like fighting that, I knew I was going to have to fight you when when we went out there because we were the tough guys, and we had to do that. Yeah. You guys, did but, you have a hatred or anything, or even after? Did you guys, or was there more of a respect? No, maybe, or I were mean, you guys like, hey, we should do a podcast? I didn't sometime. hate Dave Brown, and I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that because you're here. I'm going to tell you, yeah. I actually had a little soft spot for you. I liked you, but yeah. I knew I had to fight you. There were some guys I I just didn't like. Right. Some of the oh, guys yeah. I just didn't like, but I, I kind of had a soft spot for you, believe it or not. No, I had respect for you because you did your job. And I think you were a little, like, you were a little bit undersized compared to some of the other guys, but you were savvy, you were street smart. You knew you'd do your job. And I respected no. that because you did your job. And you know what? I was a tough guy on the other team, and I had to do my job. And if some nights you're going to have to fight, you're just going to have to fight. But right. there, there was a lot of respect there. Yeah, no um, question about it. And there was no time during that fight. You, you guys were like, hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how it yeah. works, though, right? Like, we're you, here talking you about You can't imagine, like, uh, in that fight, too. I can remember Chelly grabbed before we, like, we were kind of gay. We were trying to kind of get position in that on how we're going to start this fight. And it took yeah, a while and I'm before thinking, we got going. Yeah. And then Chelly grabbed me. Right by the arm or something, and that's when that's when he came in, and then we kind of got together, and then we started wrestling and stuff. And I mean, it was I don't know how long we fought for, but we might have been oh. engaged for like 25, 20, 25 minutes. And yeah, like people don't realize that how long that is that we were. Oh, and then you guys pl- you played after the, the game. Oh, we like played how- after, but. I were couldn't. I couldn't get my arms <laughs> loosened up. They, they're massaging my forearms because I just grabbed from grabbing yeah. the whole time. And you know when um, when Chelly grabbed me, I think I kind of ducked a little bit and tried to grab you by the leg. And what happened yeah. was on my my skates when I went to pull back up, I ripped a whole bunch of rivets out of the bottom of the skates from pulling Ooh. back up. Oh. And they were a little a little wobbly, but um, thank God. 
<laughs> I needed all the help I could get. No, no, I, I didn't have. It, but and, and so I mean, basically, we were wrestling and fighting for 20, 25 minutes, probably. And yeah. you know, after that, I mean, you didn't have a whole lot left for the game. I was drunk. Dave Brown, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I remember because I was playing with Bob in Cabo, right? And I was in, yeah, I, I was playing a regular shift. We were the checking line. And I'm going to tell you, I went out that first shift. I was fucking junk. My neck, all my muscles were tight oh, in my yeah. neck. My yeah. arms were rubber. I yeah. was junk. Yeah. And then we end up losing that game, obviously, and out of the playoffs. You knocked us out of the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, it's just, again, the brawl to end all brawls. And I've been in a few. The Nordiques won the match, uh, Good Friday Massacre, they call it. Yeah. I, I hated brawls. I, wow. I don't mind fighting a guy one-on-one, yeah. but I hated the brawls. Yeah, it was it was, it was was dangerous, although it was a little more respectful in the NHL than it was like – it was dangerous in junior. When I played junior, it was it was dangerous because guys would outright sucker punch you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, there was it was a lot more respectful in the NHL, and, and occasionally guys would do that, but I was – yeah, I didn't like that. Um, so, so how about – how about this? Look at now. I've looked back on some of the things I did. The Middleton incident, you know, I popped him in the teeth, and I I, I regret that. It, it, it was yeah. a stain on on me as a player. Uh, that wasn't my style. I I went over the line. Do you have any regrets? Things yeah. You one time I fought um, I fought Craig Cox in Vancouver, and I got the I got the jump on him. I kind of regret that. I cut him yeah. bad over the eye and. Uh, you know what? I want to be known as an honest guy that would be fair in a fight and stuff like that. Right. And that's one that I really, I, 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 I did. I, I got the start on, and I, I really, I regret that because I think he was an honest guy. He was a good fighter. He was tough. But that's one that I do regret. How um, about Bird? How, how about Sandstrom? Do you, do you regret having cross-checked him in the face? I, I you know what? I, I regret for him. But the people that really needed to wake up was the league. The reason yeah. it happened is because the league didn't do their job. He kept on sticking our players. Yeah. And and he would continuously do it. Like, I think the, the year before, I got five games for spearing him, too. And then one okay. time I got him, and I didn't get, I didn't get caught. But he, was, he would just keep this up, keep this up, keep this up. And I think... I think I just I just had enough. The, not, the, the, yeah. the referees weren't making the calls, and he kept this stuff up. And I think I just had enough. He bumped into uh, into Hextall, and I just went off. Uh, and I yeah. actually didn't hit him as hard as I could have. I could have yeah. probably tore his head. It looked worse than it was. And, and I didn't. But you know, no. As far as Thomas personally, but I I point to the league not doing their job in that. Finally, yeah. you know, a player got tired of them not not making the calls on him. And so he was hurting my players. I had to take care of them. That was the priority. So you, you end up, uh, your Philly days, certainly, um, you know, those first six years, and then you move on to Edmonton. Um, and again, people play this game. They love this game and they want to win a Stanley cup. You finally, you go to Edmonton oh, and yeah. you get an opportunity to play on a team that, that just beat you in game seven, though. That's crazy, yeah. right? Like, well, I know. Right? you probably I was, were thinking, like, oh, I'm going to join those guys and go win a cup at the <laughs> well, time. That's I was mad. I don't think I talked for a month. Right? Wow. Oh. But 
you know, how could you not? I mean, they they give me a stall between be, beside uh, Mark Messier, and um, and then you know they had such a good team. They had probably six or seven guys that were real leaders there. The team ran itself. We had uh, we had a good team. It didn't take long after that that I realized the opportunity that I had. And, um, I mean, I would never win a Stanley Cup if I hadn't gone there. Um, right. So I'm very thankful the time that we had there. We had a great team. Everybody did a lot of things together. There is a true team. I really enjoyed the time that I was there. And uh, there's always something special when I see all those teammates still. Right. Did you yeah. have a hatred towards them, like, at all, like, from losing? Well, I did, yeah. But, yeah. I mean – we lost in seven games to in 87 to them. And yeah, I mean, and we played them in the finals in 85 too. And wow. they beat us there too. So yeah, it was for the first, first few weeks there is a little tough, but yeah, yeah. after I, then I realized, well, what an opportunity I had to win, you know, to, I had a chance to win the Stanley cup, which was. Yeah. What do they say? You can't beat them. You join them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, you joined them. You joined them, and there's a lot of great players, guys that played thousand games, guys that scored all sorts of goals and everything. They don't have their name on that Stanley Cup, and God bless you, you got one, and it's oh. it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and you so got you one have too. that opportunity, yeah. Edmonton, and and you're there a few years. How was it with Slats? I always loved Slats. Yeah. Um, and and it Slats loved the tough guys, and I'm sure he took a liking to you. How, how was it? Um, what Glenn said. Slats, I, I love Slats. I love Slats. He was uh, he was probably the best bench coach I ever had. I thought he had the best feel for how he played his players. Like if you were having a real good game, he would play you more, and yeah. he would play you you know more and more. Like I always thought he had the best feel on on how he played his players. Um, and he was. He always had a little bit of style, you know. He had yeah, uh, classy guy, you, you know, classy guy. Always looked good. Always had yeah. the shine shoes and the nice suits and stuff like that. He knew what he was doing. Like he had great intuition on how to build a team and how it was coming together. And that they had great teams there. Um, so, so you leave the oil and you go back to the Flyers. Were you happy to be back home? Do you feel like I'm back home now? I got the cop. Cool. Now I'm back home. I'm with the Flyers again. How, how happy were you to be back in Philly? Yeah, I was happy to be back in Philly. I mean, that's where I live, so that was very convenient that way. I think in some talks there was a chance I was going to go to the Rangers. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind going there because I thought that they they were going to have a better team. Like but the Flyers, you know, that's when the Lindros era came in there, and the team wasn't very good at the start. So. Um, yeah, it, it was still, I still wanted, I'm glad to be back in Philadelphia because that's where I lived and, and I was kind of used to their culture and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I was, I was just happy to be back in Philly, but I knew, I regret that the team wasn't very good for a few years there when I just got back. But, so um, then that last year, 95, 96, you go to the Sharks, uh, and you play it out. What, what is it? that you say to yourself, I'm done, I've had enough, it's over? Like, I th I think in the end, um, I could have probably still played longer than that, but I only played like, I think it was like 30, 30 40 games that year. And so I, I didn't get regular time on the ice. And 
I still felt like I could still do the physical part of the game as well as I could when I came in the league. But not playing all the time wasn't fun for me. I wanted to play every game. And um, so I think that's where I kind of made the decision that I wanted to, you know, that I was going to go retire and do something else. Was it hard? Yeah. Like, you know, was it hard to go? Did you sign? Did you go to San Jose as a free agent or you traded there? Yeah, just a free agent. Yeah. Because that year, year you left Philly, they went to the finals, right? Against Detroit. Uh, no, that was the year after. Actually, when I retired, I retired in, uh, was it 90? Oh, yeah, exactly 97. What... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. I was at yeah. the, that's part of the reason why I retired too, because I was assistant coach with the Flyers when we went to the finals that year. That was the next year after oh, okay. I retired. No way. We went to the finals against Detroit and lost four straight. Yep, yep. So, you know, with having the coaching offer and also not playing much the year before, um kind of went into my reasoning behind uh retiring yeah i still i still knew i could do i physically i could still do my job the same way i could as when i came in the league and i kind of took pride in that that i could still do that but i didn't like not playing and i didn't want to just be a bit player and um so when it's time it's time right when you know you know when i mean i think that's awesome that you got to go out on uh your terms kind of right like sometimes i didn't want to go out getting beat up yeah no i still hold my own who were so uh, outside of chris who were like some of the toughest guys to you that you faced in in fighting there's a well there's i mean you talk about it every every team had a tough guy you had to be ready every night and chris was really tough he was savvy he was smart like he he, he was hard. He was hard to fight because he, like he said, he would get inside you, and you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like I was better if I could really stretch a guy out, or I had some length in that. Um, so you know, it, it was hard to fight him because he would get inside on you. Did you um, love fighting? Of, like, did you lo- did you like fighting? Oh, I think you had to like it. You had well, you to know, like so, it. You know, you some know. guys though, right? Like they're like, I did, the, the, some guys might be take the role on, right? But you got you liked, yeah, okay. <clears throat> I I, I, I think you had you had to like it a little bit, otherwise you couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think most. I think probably what I liked the most was that um, after you after you had a fight, it, the, the feeling that you helped the rest of your team. Yeah, that that <laughs> that's what was the most rewarding. That you thought you did your job for the team. That was probably the most rewarding thing. And also, you're hoping you did it because you're you're hoping it's going to help you win the game. Otherwise, why would you do it? Yeah, that's such a good point because people, you know, because, you know, obviously you can't win every fight or maybe it looks like you lose. But it, when your fighter and your guy loses, it's deflating for the whole team, right? Now it's mm-hmm. like there's a guy that's kind of protecting us. But I don't think that, you know, you, you had a pretty successful kind of run on that. Did you have any fights where, like, you got beat pretty good and, and that felt that way. I, I never felt like I really got beat up bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some fights you might, you're going to take in a couple extra punches in the face. I mean, that happened to everybody. Like, and you're not going to win all fights. And I, I really believe that most fights were closer to a draw than anything. I mean, all these guys were good at what they did. Um, <clears throat> you know, very seldom, like, people get all excited about it thinking, Oh, that guy really beat that guy up. And like, mm-hmm. I, I describe a beating as something that uh, the guy's got to go to the hospital and spend yeah. a couple of days there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most fights were guys are still standing at the end of the fight. 
So yeah, to me, yeah, that's yeah, more yeah, of a draw. Yeah. Than no, that's true. Him. It's true. It's like a UFC fight. I mean, the guy's so, you yeah, know, guy wins, but they both, you know, you know like, it's not. It, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't uh, tearing somebody. <clears throat> I would beat somebody up real bad every fight. I mean, most of them were close because all these guys knew what they were doing. Um, you think you think hockey is is better without it or the route it's going? I think you have to. You know what? What they don't uh, what they don't understand is that fighting was always uh, part of the game mm-hmm. that helped you win the game, and not not the only thing. Like I, I really think that the players are better if they have some toughness on the bench with them. And you can in the past you used to be able to use it for a tool to help you win the game. And that's where I think they lose the idea that they think, oh, well, it's just a goon squad and it's a big show and this and that. The the, the skilled players want that toughness mm. in their lineup. The game's safer. It, it, now you take fighting out, it's going to be, there's going to be way more, <laughs> you know. Well, I know. What right? are you going like, to do? Is somebody like uh, more guys getting their head running oh. the boards and stuff like that. I, I mean, there's there's a reason why it was it's in the game i think i think every team should have a tough guy i, I agree really i think I it's agree. better for all the players i think it's better for the game i think the referees would have to make less calls yeah no i 100% i mean someone that might actually think about like just you know baseball swinging someone in the head might actually do it cuz he's like i don't really have to be accountable other than maybe a suspension i I don't know some people just kind of black out out there emotions you know the other part of it too is like for instance like if we were we were playing a game and our team was a little bit flat let's say early in the early in the 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 game uh your team got down to nothing well you you knew you're getting sent out there to do something either run somebody over Mm -hmm. or start a fight or something like that and that was a way you had a chance to to turn the momentum of a game in your favor and maybe wake your own team up. And for me, that's part of the game. And they, I don't want them to take that part of it out of the game. I want, like, the fourth-line players have a chance to uh, change the momentum of a game. And I think they give that away if they, if they give up fighting. I mean, and even back in, like, the 1940s and 50s when – there, there was fighting, but there wasn't as much fighting. They would use that for a tool back then, mm-hmm. too. I mean, this, don't take the history of the game away from Exactly. Did you grow up, uh, Was I mean, at, at a certain point, was there any fighters that you you kind of like looked up to before you got in the NHL, and then did you, did you end up fighting them? Um, not that I fought them. Like, um, like Clark Gillies was from back in Saskatchewan. I really liked him as a player. Um, I did – I kind of fought him. I know he didn't want to fight, but we just kind of wrestled him to the ice. <laughs> I remember fighting Dave Semenko. Oh, wow. I like Dave Semenko. And the fight we had didn't really turn out to be much. It's kind of like, I don't think he wanted to fight, but we kind of tied each other up and stuff like that. But um, those are two guys that I fought that I I like because they're Western guys. And, you know, kind of grew up watching them. Um I'm sure there's some others. I like Paul Holmgren, but he was with the Flyers too at that time, so I didn't fight him. <laughs> did you fear any? Was there any like actual like fear of a guy that like, you just didn't want to fight? You know, not really. Or, no, not really. Okay. Uh, no, I, I I looked at it from a standpoint. <clears throat> I respected everybody, but yeah. I knew that any. I mean, anybody you fought back then would. They're 
I mean, you had to keep yourself together. Yeah, you could get hurt, is what you're saying. Yeah, you like you. Anyone could hurt you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And so when somebody says, "Well, who's the toughest guy you fought?" Well, it it was probably the next guy you had to fight the next night. (laughs) You know, because there were so many tough guys. Everybody had a tough guy, and you had to be ready. Like you just, I think the guy probably fought the most was Jay Miller. Played with Boston. And with yeah, LA. we just had him on. We just had Jay on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. He's a yeah. good guy. Um, <clears throat> and he was, you know, he was always there. You had to fight, and he knew. I mean, and go around the league. Each team had tough guys. You know, Detroit had Probert and Kosher, you know. I mean, you want to go. Um, <clears throat> there, there's a tough guy on every team. Yep. Sorry, Knuckles, we're having a little issue here. Ice storm in Montreal. They bumped me off the internet a couple times, <laughs> the bastards. Uh, I should be living in Florida, though. I wouldn't have this problem. Anyway, <laughs> um, so good. Um, so you, you, you get to go from Philly to San Jose. Was 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 that a trade or was that you just playing I, one more year? What was it? I, yeah, just playing one more year. I think I think the Flyers wanted me gone. And yeah. Clarky, Clarky set it up with Dean Lombardi. Yeah. Um, so I, I went out there and – you know, played the year, played the year out. Um, like I was telling Tim, um, you know, I didn't play a lot. And that was kind of like uh, brought into my idea of, you know, retiring the next year. But um, I still enjoyed the year out there. But we had a terrible team. We had uh, a lot of young players there and we just weren't very good. I only yeah. played like, I think, 30, 40 games, something like that. So, you know, I was, you know, I, I like uh, – I wanted to play and it was getting to the point where I wasn't playing all the time. I knew I could still do physically what I could do at the start. So, so you step away, you step away from the game. Then you get right into scouting. How's that come about? Did you go interview? Do you reach out to, was it slats? You You know what happened happened? actually the next year I was telling Tim, um, I was assistant coach with the flyers the next year. And we actually, we had, we had a pretty good team at that 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 point. Um, uh, we went to finals against Detroit there and lost four straight yeah. in the finals that year. So, um, and then I was there about another uh, about a year and a half after that. It was been March of '98, uh, I guess. Had a little problem. They had a coaching change, and so I left the Flyers. And then. Uh, that was March of 1998. And then uh, in August of 98, uh, I was able to get on with the Rangers as a pro scout. And so August 1998, I've been pro scout ever since. And I was there with, for them, with them for like eight years. And then I went back to Flyers in 2006 and I've been with the okay, Flyers. Okay, so you started with the Rangers. Yeah. And then you went to the Flyers and you come aboard. And the Flyers certainly have a reputation of uh, bringing, uh, you know, former players in the fold. And yeah. they have, uh, yeah. they, they've stuck by that, that flyer mentality, the flyer, um, the togetherness, the family, all that. And that all started with Ed Snyder. How oh, was yeah. Ed Snyder as an owner? Like, like for the, he was a great, I, he was I a heard nothing about good things about him. Well, all the, all the players, if you'd ever met him, you would understand if you ever played for his teams, there's a guy that always wanted to win and sometimes to a fault sometimes, but you can never, uh, uh, you know, he was always trying and he was, he loved the players. Every game that we played that he was at, he would come down and shake your hand every game after the game. 
and say hi to all the players in that. There wasn't a game that he missed. Yeah. Um, he was a great owner, and I, I, I wish he was still. That's one of the biggest regrets I have is that uh, in my time that I was with the Flyers, I never won a Stanley Cup for him. And um, I really wish, wish we could, but uh, he's held in very high regard, and, and we miss him. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm sure, a sad time in the history of uh, the Flyers, no question about it. Now you're the director of scouting, Flyers, right? You've been there for a while now. Um, how, when you look at scouting from when you first came in um, to the scouting part of the game, how has it changed from, like, with the analytics and all that stuff today? Like, how has it changed from back in the day? How did you draft a player, say, when you first started out? And how do you look at it now? Do you look at it a little differently? Well, I really don't have too much. I mean, as far as the analytics and that, they, they do a lot of that uh, in behind with, like, more of the amateur side. I do all the pro side, so yeah. I don't really have much as far as the numbers and stuff like that. As far as how I see a player um, playing in the NHL, I pretty much judge him the same as I would years ago. But, like, as far as the analytics, it, it, it does come into account a lot when we have a lot of people employed that whatever they have them, they're running the numbers and stuff like that. I don't know how they keep them all busy, but we got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, right? But, yeah, they, it's, it's a good comparison, I guess. They, they come up with some interesting facts. Uh, but I think in the end, when you're evaluating a player, you're looking, first of all, their competitiveness and, um, you know, how tough they are. Yeah. For me, those are the yeah. two things. Um, but as far as the analytics, I, I'm not very involved in that. But as far as I, I, I it is interesting to look at uh, some of the numbers and some, some of the, the numbers and, and see how they it's match up against certain players, right? Uh, but like they, the, you can't you can't measure somebody's heart. No. Can you so, measure their video game playing? <laughs> yeah. How do you yeah. like the iPads on the bench? Because Chris. <laughs> You like it? If it helps you go ahead, but like, does that not take away from the next shift oh, you got to play? Right. Oh. I don't get it, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I tell Tim and I, I remember cried up. Zabana jab went in on a two on one. He missed the net. He come back and he looked at the, right to the bench. He picked up the iPad and, uh, and cried it, grabbed it and he threw it behind and smashed it. And yeah. I was never so happy because honestly, that it's so true. When you think old time hockey, and I know okay, the players have changed and the game has changed somewhat, but you come back off it, catch your fucking breath. You know what you did wrong. Yeah. And and chances are if you're not clear on it, you can go in between periods and look at the goddamn thing yeah. with the coach oh, and say, yeah. Show me this. But I hate that. Absolutely hate iPads on the bench. Drives me out of my mind. But um, yeah, I don't like I, I think you gotta be thinking about the next thing you're doing on the next shift. What are you looking at an iPad for? It just takes your mind off what you're supposed to be doing. Like you well, said, if you, you were, if you're not playing people. a lot though, it might be nice just to have an idea. Yeah. Right? They put some <laughs> yeah. cartoons on there or something. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have some um, guys that work with us some producers and they, they have a question. And one of the questions is they want to know how would Dave Brown scout himself? <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear the lowdown. Come yeah. on, Brownie. I. <laughs> uh, You'd probably say that he was a uh, a fourth line player, but very limited what he could do. He could uh, defensively he could keep the puck out of his own end. Um, his main job is to 
make the rest of his team feel very comfortable, like a nice warm blanket wrapped around him. So, <laughs> and, so he the hot, and, yeah. and he has the hot the size yeah. of a, a basketball. Hey, um, yeah. Awesome. But, and you know what it's like, man. Everybody had to have one of those guys. So yeah. um, there's a lot more demand for it back then than there is now. But, uh, yeah, I was probably – I was a limited player, but – I had enough toughness that I was able to play a few few uh, years in the league and contribute to a team. I was just a small part of it, but um, I I was very lucky to have played in the NHL and be part of that. And uh, and it's still good to me now. I mean, I'm still in the game and that scouting wise and that. So um, I've been a pretty lucky guy as far as yeah, my, you have, and, and and I. I don't take that lightly when you say it because, listen, there's been quite a bit of turnover over the years with the Flyers, right? We look yeah. at it, you know, from GM to, to Holmgren to Hextall to now um, they have Fletcher and yeah. now Dan yeah. Briere's in yeah. there. Yeah. And, and you being still there, that's, that says a lot about you as a person and the job you're doing. So that's awesome. But when you – how is it – when those that new management comes in and they get put in place, you know, how's that for you? Do you get like, well, geez, well, might, you know, might I be going somewhere? Or am I sticking around? Right? No, I mean, I want to. I'd like to stay here as long as I can. But I think, uh, yeah, in reality, I mean, if the Flyers said to me tomorrow, you know, you, you know, we're we're making some changes. I, I mean, I, I would shake their hand, and say thank you very much for everything. And yeah. go because I mean they've been so good to me, and yeah. I would still be part of it as far as the alumni and stuff like that. We do a lot of stuff with that, and that's so. I mean the Flyers will always be part of it. But if if they said you know what, um, you know it's it's time we want to make a change, I would understand. Um, How about Paul Holmgren? What a man he is, right? Yeah. Like I I happen to meet Paul on a few occasions. I fought him a couple of times. I um he's a hell of a man and talk about a Philadelphia, a lot of respect on in Philadelphia for Paul Holmgren. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a great friend. And uh, we spend a lot of time together, uh, you know, run the flyers and that um, I'm glad that he's now able to step back a little bit and let it go. And, and uh, he's more of an advisor, but um, we had some good teams there. Uh, 2010. That's one of our regrets is not winning in Chicago there. Um, we were close, but we just didn't quite have enough. We maybe need a little bit more goaltending, a little bit better defensively. Yeah. But he was he was great because he was he was again a guy that just wanted that wanted to win. He knew what we needed and that. And we actually turned the team around pretty quick from 2007, and by 2010 we were in the finals. So we we went after it, and uh, um, I like it that he was he was always aggressive, but. Yeah. Um, he was a well-spoken guy, really good yeah. to his people and that. And uh, I still talk to him often here and now and we get to see him and that, but he's a really good friend. So I want to ask you, and I, a lot of people outside of Philly area and probably the hockey world some, um, when did you get married to Karen, Dave? I got married Were to Karen you, in During your career? 1989, yeah. That was, was she from Philadelphia? Uh, she was from the South Jersey area, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and for those of you who don't know, and Tim, I'm not sure, um, Dave's lost his wife, Karen. She had an aneurysm they were for dinner one night. And I just, when I read that, you know, um, and, I, and I, I hate to bring up a sore spot, but, you know, here you are, you, your second career is going good. And then 
you get hit with that. I know I can only imagine how extremely difficult it was for you. And honestly, when I read it, I was just like, man. And then having met you down in Philly, I just thought I felt bad, bad, but certainly for your wife and what happened to her, but you too, and moving on from that, not an easy thing. Those years for you, you know, bouncing back from that, how difficult was it? Well, that was hard. And that was, I was with the Rangers in that and they, they gave me a lot of room to, for me to collect myself. I mean, I, I was, I, I struggled probably for two, three years. I really yeah. did. I mean, something like that, you, you just never think that something like that's going to happen to you. And I think everybody has something similar to that in their own life, but right. You know, somebody so close to you like that. And then just all of a sudden, you know, to basically, uh, I mean, she collapsed in front of me and um, uh-huh. you, I think you still take some problems like after that. Um, like I always have some regret that I uh, there's I couldn't have done more. Yeah. Um, I think about. Um, I, I, I think you know just wonder if I could have done something different to to maybe saved her. But I mean, looking back on re- in reality, she 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 collapsed and she was she was gone immediately. Wow. Um, um, but I mean, I think it. It, I think it affects you in some ways that you don't um, that you don't realize it. I mean, maybe yeah. you see it later, but um, I, I really miss her. And so some days I think, man, did, did that really happen? It's like it's an unbelievable situation when something like that happens. You just never think anything like that's going to happen to you. Well, God bless you uh, and certainly your family. And thinking, uh, Karen, uh, again, a difficult thing to go through. And I. I, I wanted to address it because I just know and I can only imagine how difficult it was on you. So then the, the scouting game, you go back to Philly. Now you're in Philly um, doing your thing. And um, we get John Tortorella comes to Philly. I don't know. Um, a lot of people, I mean, to me, he's the perfect guy for Philadelphia. When you think of the fan base, when you think what they want in a coach, a coach who's no nonsense. Um, do you think a guy like that today, those old school, like I look at, I love Daryl Sutter, Tortorella. Do you think those guys are, are like kind of getting close to where fighting's going to be out of the game pretty soon? Yeah. Like, and it's kind of gone, but those type of coaches just aren't going to cut it anymore with these kids. Well, I don't know. I think they probably like a lot of coaches for whatever reasons, like, I mean, Calgary's reacted to uh, Sutter good. I mean, if he's if the team is still effective, I think the coach is effective. I think like Torts has turned us into a, a lot more competitive team. I thought at the end of last year we looked like we quit on some yeah. games. I hate to say it, but it looked like we did. But Torts has brought us back that respect. Um, I I don't know if there's. I think in the line of a development, there is, there's, is, well, let's face it, like Sutter in, in Calgary. I mean, how many championships did he win with LA? Yeah. You Two know what Stanley I mean? Cups, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think he's been effective in Calgary. Maybe it's just that maybe their team isn't quite as good as maybe they think it is. Like the coach can yeah. only do so much too. But as far as torts, I mean, he's made us competitive. We, we, we play hard. Yeah. We don't have, a top end talent that's going to win us the games. And that's what we have to get to. But our team has played a lot harder uh, this year and they're more competitive. 
And, you know, I would think we're going to build a base of players that um, when you bring a new player in, that they just conform to the system that we're playing. So we are building something here from the bottom up. And um, we want guys that are going to play hard. Um, but um, we have to buy ourselves time to get top two line players and top four yeah. defense. That's basically what we have to do is buy ourselves some time. But yeah. but having the system and the players there um, that are going to teach the next guys to come in, we want that's what we want to have. That's what we're trying to build right now. So Dan Bria comes in and – Here's a player who certainly had a, a, a career where, yeah, he put numbers up as a player. Do you think that mindset of a player like that, as opposed to a homegrown or a Bobby Clark, like, and not that Briere wasn't, he, he wasn't known for being a tough player, but now you got a guy that played for the Flyers, yes, a great offensive player. Do you think he, like, takes this team in a direction where, more where this league is headed to that wide open hockey let run and gun type hockey well he could but i think he um obviously he was he was an elite player yeah <clears throat> and he really him and chemo team and a couple yeah, other yeah. guys deals we made really turned that team around from 2007 on and they were instrumental in, in making us back into a contender i think danny also because he's been that skilled guy, he understands what it's like to have toughness around him. He was, he knows he was a better player because his toughness was around him and it made him a better player. And I think he appreciates that. And I think he knows that. So, yeah, I think he, I take, take the team in a little bit different direction, but I think uh, it's good to have new thinking, new blood come in. Um, you know, he's been a flyer for a long time and that, and I, I think he'll do a great job. I really do. Did his uh, the situation with his son cause some like hurdles, or is it kind of clearing? You know. Yeah. I mean? Well, it's some you know unfortunate what happened there. Mm -hmm. um, I, obviously, um, it's just another thing that he has to deal with in that. But right, Danny's a smart guy, and uh -huh. um, and he'll make sure that the right things are done there. Well, that's good. Hopefully, he does address it, and and the kid's certainly paying a price. And and deservedly so, yeah. But I'm sure Dad will take care of that too. Uh, should be interesting. So, um, when you look look back um, over the course of your career in hockey, how good has it been for you? Huh? Just everything. Well, when you look at the whole ball of wax. Oh yeah, like like I said, I never thought I was going to play in the NHL. I can remember as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, back when you were like five six years old. You get it down in front of the TV on a Saturday night, and then you hear that hockey night in Canada at 5.30. Yeah, yeah. You're getting, sitting in there, and you're going to watch Montreal Canadiens play the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're sitting in front of the TV, and just, I mean, you're right. riveted on it. And that, that's what I go back to thinking, like, wow, the NHL. I never thought I was ever going to play in the NHL. But, um, no, I mean, it's just that feeling – um, like and I, you did, I, you never thought, you yeah, there. but as a kid, I never thought I was going to play in the NHL. We just went and played hockey to have fun. And, um, like I said, later on, I was lucky enough to, that the path me took to the NHL and 
uh, I feel like a pretty lucky guy. Yeah, and you are. And listen, I always tell Tim, Tim says, oh, I only played 100 games. You get to NHL one game, man. It's so difficult to get there, right? No, honestly, Dave, when you spoke about how, like, you felt lucky and stuff, I I was like, man, I'm pretty cool. I got to play, too. Like, that was awesome. No, I I mean, Mary, they used to say back in juniors that, uh, like, uh, you know, because there's a lot of kids there that said, oh, this kid's good, man. He's going to play in this, and they never played, right? I think they said, like, 2% of the players that played in, in across Canada had a chance playing in the NHL. So most of those guys weren't playing in the NHL. There's yeah. a very not many people play in the NHL. So, it's so you. you've had an awesome career. Your life is good now. You're happy with work, all that. If there's that one thing, and I'll leave you with it, that one thing that you'd say, that one bucket list thing in your life right now, what would it be? Me as far as what I would have done different with my yeah, career? just to top no, just to top it off. If they had that one wish to just say uh, this will top it all off, what would it be? Oh, I'd like to win win the Stanley Cup with the Flyers. There you no go. doubt. That's why I'm. <laughs> I still want to win the Stanley Cup for the Flyers one more time. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I wasn't able to do it for Mister Snyder, but I would still like to win the Stanley Cup with the Flyers. So that's why I'm still doing this. Yeah. I would cool. love to. Yeah. yeah that's well, the difference between a winner. I didn't win a Stanley Cup. All I thought about was like, I just want to play Augusta. <laughs> like, I just want to play a round of golf. That's not bad either. That's tough to get on. Yeah. Well, oh, awesome. listen, Dave Brown, this has been awesome um, getting together with you. I'm, I'm, I appreciate your patience and time. And um, I hope you get a chance to win that Stanley Cup again with the Flyers, but not before the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> you know well, oh. yeah thanks i really appreciate you having me on and it's always a pleasure there and uh it's always fun when we get together chris and, yeah uh, if you ever get up this way you got my number you gotta let me know if you're ever in town scouting some of our I'm gonna try um, and get tougher that. players I'm gonna try and do that. i'd love to do that man yeah we'll get together and here's okay. the deal if you want one of these i'm gonna reach out to the guy okay. um, and um you when we get off you can text me your full address and I'll have them make you one and send it. it okay. Be a little memento of uh, you and Knuckles. You with the no jersey. Should I have them put hair on your chest? There's no hair on your chest in this one. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles Podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.